Hey, Rachel. Hey, Brian. So, how was your week? You know that feeling when you've been waiting for two years for someone to talk to you, and then they finally <laughs> say that they're going to talk to you, and if you weren't already so dead inside, you'd be disappointed because what they said was so thoroughly unsatisfying and enraging. Rachel, oh, I'm so sorry <laughs> to hear that you're dead inside, and I'm so dying to hear the details of whoever did this to you. <laughs> well, Robert therefore, Mueller. Oh, God. Okay. Well, I have a feeling we're going to be talking about this. The, this is This Week in Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. My name is no, my sign is no, my number is no. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Need to let it go. Okay, Rachel. Well, I am coming to you from a remote location, as you know. You're in England. I am. It's our second transatlantic podcast. You were in Portugal last year, and here I am uh, on the sunny, well, actually very rainy uh, England. I'm in the northeast of England, northwest of England in the Lake District. And it's almost like I arrived and chaos erupted on the on the British political scene, because it's all about me, basically. I know. Theresa May, like you got off the plane and Theresa May was like, I can't do it anymore. He's here. He's here. I must leave. I must go. No, they had the, so I, I didn't even realize what was happening. They had these EU elections, like people in England or the UK, like vote for the parties to represent them at the EU, but it has nothing to do with who's actually running the government, I think. But it's like a popularity contest and this Brexit, this new Brexit Brexit party won. And it's this guy, Nigel Farage, who is like Trump, but we're... Yeah, he's like a he's like a fascist basically. He's if possible worse than Trump. Um so anyway, he won he, the majority of the votes or his party did and then Theresa May quit and we may wind up with Boris Johnson and it's his whole schmagoo and I'm like thank god nothing like this could ever happen in the United oh, States. Oh, never. Of America. It could never possibly happen. Oh god. God bless America <laughs> where at least I know I'm free. Okay. <laughs> so uh speaking of, of checks and balances uh in our system of government. Rachel, as you mentioned, there was news today. We thought the Mueller story was, uh, there were nails in the coffin, but no, he awoke from the dead today. He popped up, and I still haven't gotten a satisfactory answer to the question of, like, why he decided to speak today after over two years of silence, but around 9 a.m. today, this is Wednesday, the Department of Justice announced that Mueller was going to hold a press conference. I mean, I girded my loins. (laughs) I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. He said... The transatlantic text messages between the two of us were unparalleled. Unparalleled. I mean, he said there was going to be no questions asked. I had many questions, but he was not taking any. He spoke for 10 minutes. And the first thing I noticed when he came out there, he showed up exactly at 11 a.m., which was amazing. Of course, he's Robert Mueller. He's Robert Mueller. He shows up exactly on time. He looked like a broken man. And I don't know. Don't don't you think? Like, maybe I'm projecting, but it looked like, I don't know, his jowls had gotten longer. And he was just looking down. He was paunchy. Like, it was, yeah, it was a sad, it was a sad sight. His voice was, like, quivering. And, um, uh, you know, so he spoke. And what he said is still being dissected in the media because it was kind of cryptic. And the, the big three highlights, I think, and tell me if you disagree, were that there was absolutely no exoneration in the Mueller report. Um, the line you'll be hearing a lot is this, quote, if we had confidence that the president clearly did not commit a crime, we would have said so. 
I wish right. he said that clear more clearly, like the president did commit a crime. <laughs> that would have been nice. The second, well, it was like a double negative. It, we didn't say that he didn't. Right. And then, uh, which, mo- as we all know, is the is the most emphatic way to say something it's is just a neg- so, double negative, like passive aggressive. It's like um, remember when Trump was in Helsinki and he's like, "I don't see any reason why the Russians wouldn't have." It's mealy mouth. It's just it's just mealy mouth. Okay, so then the second thing is that Mueller said he couldn't charge the president with crimes, even though there was evidence of them, because he said a special counsel's office is part of the Department of Justice, and by regulation, it was bound by that department policy. Charging the president with a crime was therefore not an option we could consider. And then he refers to this mysterious process. He says the Constitution requires a process other than the criminal justice system to formally accuse a sitting president of wrongdoing. Guys, he's talking about impeachment. impeachment. (laughs) Just fucking say it. He could have said it so much more clearly. I mean, I I think we agree with the substance of it, but, you know, he was dancing around it. He was whistling past the grace. He was doing a jig. (laughs) Like he should have just just he was doing like an Irish clog dance. He should have just come out and said it like (laughs) the evidence speaks for itself. Right. We couldn't exonerate him. There's lots of evidence that there was a that that there was a obstruction of justice. We can. My hands are tied. I cannot do anything about it. The proper forum for this is Congress. Nancy Pelosi, take it away. Take it away. Over to you. (laughs) Over to you. Over to you. Like and and I also think that ultimately my big takeaway is that Mueller is living in a dream world where everybody reads. And I'm here to say nobody (laughs) fucking reads. He keeps saying that he's not providing any information beyond what's in the report and that the report is his statement and it speaks for itself. Wake up. We have a game show host as a president who has never read a book in his life and you're expecting 300 million Americans to read a 448 page legal document no 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 shut this down Robert Mueller we never want to hear from you again you've done your damage just go back in your hole go on a book tour Robert Mueller go on the view we need to hear from you even if you're not saying anything beyond what you already said in the report the American people need to see someone on television come on this podcast come Come on on this week in nope you have a standing invitation Oh, my God. Such a standing invitation. Anytime, Robert. (laughs) My sweet swan. My not so special, special counsel. We are here for you. Call us until then. No. Get out of your ivory tower, professor. Talk to the people. No. 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 Okay. Okay. Rachel, what else is going on in the world? So this was supposed to be what the elephant in the room was, but then Robert Mueller decided to speak, so we had to rejigger our whole lineup. So people are climbing Mount Everest, and they need to stop. (laughs) As they have for many years. (laughs) Well, so... Sir Edmund Hillary. (laughs) Yes. People... But people who should not be climbing Mount Everest are climbing Mount Everest. The New York Times had a series of stories about this um, season on Mount Everest, and May is the best time to make the climb, but there are only a few days when it's clear enough or not windy, like not so windy that you can make it to the top, and 11 people have already died this season, which is a lot of people. Out of how many who try? 
Like they issued 381 permits this year, the Nepalese government did, and that's the most permits they've ever issued. So this is exactly okay, you the have to problem. Assume that, you have to assume that not all of them started and went. So that's a 5% mortality rate. Exactly. That's pretty bad. It's really, so these people should not be climbing Everest, clearly. Should, no. And it's they say it's like Lord of the Flies at 29,000 <laughs> feet because all of these dummies with no experience climbing are paying thousands of dollars to basically take a selfie at the summit of Mount Everest. Oh, it's Instagram's fault. And and did you see that picture of like that line of people in like multicolor puffer puffer jackets all the way climbing up Mount Everest? No, I've blocked this out of my it's, media it's consumption. Like a backlog. It looked like the line for brunch at the Clinton Street Bakery, <laughs> except like with no oxygen. Or for the rides at uh, Six Flags or something. Oh, totally. For like Disney World, but like they so to reach the summit climbers have to like shed everything and all they have on them is just enough oxygen to get to the top and back so if there's even a 1 hour delay that could mean life or death They're so dead. all of these They're like dead. instagram people who have never like experienced a real climb are they're blocking the way for the experienced people and they're dropping like flies. So, so it's like a murder chain. It's like it's, a domino effect. It's very serious. It's very, this guy, Riza Ali, who's this 18 year old climber from Kashmir, he said he noticed it was like total chaos, no empathy once you got up there and people are ready to kill themselves for the summit, is what he said. Oh my God. They're probably going to kill themselves for lack of oxygen. They're probably losing their minds. They're losing, for like, well, they're already like out of sorts when they're up there. And so they're just not helping each other because every man for himself, you stop and you help someone, then you don't have enough oxygen for yourself to make it to the they'll top. They'll do anything for the selfie. Anything. And then today, Mandy Moore summited <laughs> Mount Everest and posted a photo. Wait, wait, wait stop, stop. I swear stop. to God. Can you say that sentence again, please? Mandy Moore <laughs> reached the top of Mount Everest today. And I mean, I love Mandy Moore. I think she's a very talented actress, but I really don't think this is setting the tone for what no, people it's should for be the, doing. No, it's for the season premiere of This Is Us. Um <laughs> And it, and Her it and was... Milo, Milo Ventimiglia dies on the top of Mount Everest. <laughs> And the whole and like in her long post, it was like a very well written, beautiful post. And then it was like, "Thank you to our friends at Eddie Bauer for making this happen." So it was oh, like Spawn. It was like Spawn Con. And then what no one's talking about also is that people are garbage monsters, and the top of Mount Everest <laughs> is becoming a garbage dump. There was oh, like, people are leaving shit there. People are leaving shit there, and there was a garbage expedition this week, and it, they brought down eleven tons of garbage and four dead bodies. That were what? I swear Did they not to God. know the bodies were there? They, they didn't just know they were there. They them? were like from previous years, just like thawing out. Oh, I, this is why, terrible. Like, I understand. Why is this not people, regulated? <laughs> people have bucket lists and you want to go to the highest point on Earth. But like, this is not worth it. Dropping okay. garbage on the top of Mount Everest should not be one of them. No. Well, I, I, have a, I have a solution for this. And uh, it's not mine. I'm going to give credit to the government of Tanzania. 
from when so many <laughs> solutions arise. Um, <laughs> Very innovative. They have, their, they have their own summit, Kilimanjaro. Right, um, right. Oh, yeah, I yes. know people who have climbed Kilimanjaro. That's a more reasonable mountain it's, to climb. It's still very difficult, but it's a little more manageable. But um, even then, the problem with climbing Kilimanjaro is it's just too hard for people nowadays. So they are now in the late stages of investigating uh, installing a cable car financed by China because not enough people are climbing Kilimanjaro. There are already 50,000 tourists, but they think through someone's facocta business plan that they could increase that by 50%. There are so many problems with this, right? The whole point of climbing Kilimanjaro is that you climb it. No one wants to do the work for anything. You just want to get to the top and take a selfie. This is terrible. Take a selfie, that's right. Well, of course, there's environmental. God knows what the garbage would be if instead of of 300 people, there are 50,000, 75,000 tourists up there. But also there are 20,000 porters and Sherpas and things like that that rely on for their livelihood and if everybody's taking the cable car best thing they could do is maybe run the popcorn concession at the stop they're going to be at the top they're going to be out of work this is terrible let these mountains be let them let them just be mountains let them be manage it there needs to be just a limited number of people who are qualified (laughs) to climb mountains there needs to be some sort of exam licensing 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 keep Sherpas in business there's licensing for marathons there's licensing for driving a car why could there's a thing for operating. There's a license for operating a nail salon for cutting hair. Just fucking give a license to climb the to own a dog to climb the highest mountain in the world. Like this is ridiculous. No, no, no. no, no. Shut, shut it this down. down. Mountains. Keep to yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Luxuriate in your natural beauty. We should not be there. Shut it down. No. Shut it down. Okay, no, Rachel. No. We are um, in the Australasian <laughs> portion of the world now. We've been slowly migrating around the globe, <laughs> circumnavigating yes, from are. England to Tanzania to Nepal. Anything else in that area? Yeah, Austra- we got to talk about Australia. We talk a lot on this podcast about Australian uproars. Um, I've never been there, but people go bananas over small things <laughs> in Australia. There was that fight we talked about over whether onions go on the top of a sausage or below a sausage on a sandwich. And the prime minister... There were riots. There were no. riots in hardware stores. <laughs> the prime minister had to like adjudicate a dispute. <laughs> anyway, and then there was this recent harassment of Casey Musgraves over her refusal to drink out of a shoe, which is called a yes. shoey. Okay. A shoey. And now there is another thing that people are going crazy about, and it is a podcast, and it has the entire country, or at least the gay community, up in arms in Australia. Which is basically the whole country nowadays. Which is nowadays. basically the whole country. The podcast is called The Sydney Gays, or The Sydney Guys, as they call themselves. Don't try, don't, don't try to do it. <laughs> don't, just don't. And my friend Gerald, who is our editorial director for Australian Affairs, he um, texted me and insisted that I listen to this podcast. He texted, I'm sorry to drag you into this Antipodean nightmare. And I was like, Antip- what? Antipodean, Antipodean. Antipodean, whatever. Okay. I'm going to get such... I used to correct your pronunciation all the time, and now we're getting shit when I do it. I apologize. I, I wasn't trying to... I've gotten better. the pronunciation. Yes, you're, you're an excellent pronunciator. <laughs> it's not like I say that word all the time. Like, in what context would I ever... Well, now you know. Now you know. <laughs> okay, so I think we should play the theme song. Hey, Jay. Hey, Will. Sydney Gaze. Who 
they think they are. I know them from the gym. Seen them at Ferrisford, the Sydney Gays. Leave that Sydney shit at the door. <laughs> So we've got these two nobodies named Will Sabin and Jay Fisher, and they decide to launch this podcast. They advertise it as two local Sydney gays delving into the Sydney LGBT plus community beyond the Instagram filters, opening the dialogue for more. Wait, wait, wait. don't do the act. You sound like your mother. (laughs) You sound like Ivy Dode. Don't do that. (laughs) Opening the dialogue for more inclusive community. Okay, I could get behind that. But what did they talk about the whole time? Instagram. (laughs) Of course. So this comes out about uh, 10 days ago, and the Australians were furious. They were like running around town with pitchforks. I I mean, there's all kinds of podcasts they talk about. We talk about stupid stuff. Everyone talks about stupid stuff. I mean, there are like almost a million podcasts, and they are just going crazy over this one. Within 24 hours, these guys had hundreds of reviews on iTunes. They were averaging 1.5 stars out of five (laughs) stars. There are th- I went on Twitter. There are like thousands of tweets about how bad this show is. And I'm just like, who are these people? There are only two episodes out so far. The first is them, as I said, talking about Instagram, dating apps, Botox, whether people should use an app called Facetune to make their biceps look bigger in photos. It's nonsense. And the second episode, <laughs> which came out this week, is basically them responding to the backlash of the first episode and apologizing and saying they're going to do better and they really want to go deep and deal with the issues facing the LGBT community. So what do they do? (laughs) They interview (laughs) a random muscle guy that they met at the gym. (laughs) <laughs> who is a nobody and they I, can't get out of their own way <laughs> and i'm just like this is an hour of my life i'm not going to get back so I'm, I'm dealing with all these competing emotions now on the one hand i'm furious at gerald it's such a nope that he made me listen to this podcast and i'm also kind of jealous that this idiotic podcast made such waves in the in i know the australian we culture have a, i think our podcast is pretty good and yeah we're we have a lot of listeners but not like we're not like creating a, a rampage of support. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Australia, listen to This Week in Nope. We will address the yes. real issues. We Abandon will... the Sydney gays. I mean, if you want, we can add a little more gay. I mean, it's already a little gay. We could add even a little more gay gay content. We can talk about Facetune. We could talk about, we can interview some muscle guys, if no, you like. But we have we're addressing the real issues. We we have all sorts of topics that we discuss that affect the <laughs> LGBT community. We've had Glace Chase on, who is Australian <laughs> trans, trans comedian activist. So she Will checks Sa- all the boxes. She checks all the boxes. All the, we should actually ask her about this. Will Sabin and Jay Fisher, please focus on growing your Instagram followers and working out. We don't want your opinions on anything. And stay out of our stay out of our podcast world. We're we're, stay, uh, stay we're working hard to make quality content here. No, no, no just no, I don't no. want to hear this podcast. No. Rachel, thank you for making the world safe for us without the Sydney gays. I did give them a five star rating because I felt bad. <laughs> for effort. <laughs> five stars for effort. No, no shut this no, down. No Sydney gays. <laughs> Gerald, I hate you. <laughs> okay. Um I'm gonna move back to something more serious right now. Um talk about our government um trump surrounds himself with only the finest and most thoughtful people and i'm about to i'm about to introduce us to another gem another gem of a trump 
appointee. His name is William Harper. He is on the National Security Council. He is the deputy assistant. Oh, Happer. Oh, okay. Look at you. We're just correcting each other. Woman's blaming. Whoa, clap back. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all you haters who think I correct Rachel, (laughs) take for that. that. Take that. Okay. William Happer. Uh, he's on the National Security Council. He's the Deputy Assistant for Emerging Technologies, and he is now uh, leading a climate review panel. Um, I will let his words speak for themselves. He said, the demonization of carbon dioxide is just like the demonization of, wait for it, the poor Jews under Hitler. Wait. Carbon wait, wait. Di- wait. <laughs> the Jews are the carbon dioxide in this situation? Yes. yes. The car- We've been compared the Jews to aren't a the lot environment. of things. No, the, it's not the environment is being oppressed. It's that the carbon dioxide isn't being oppressed. Just like the, quote, poor Jews under Hitler. He continued, carbon dioxide is actually a benefit to the world. And so were the Jews. Okay, this makes so <laughs> Jews have been compared to a lot of things. I do not think carbon dioxide has ever been used as a no, Jewish he's metaphor. A, he's not the only one. Before we comment on this, let, let's. There's a few more people. He is supported in his efforts by none other than John Bolton, um, that famous climate change expert who knows nothing about anything, and um, from our own energy secretary Rick Perry. That's what he is, right? Energy Rick secretary. Perry, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. A real brain so trust. Said, Yes, right. He's the one who couldn't name the three departments in the cabinet that he would eliminate if he was president. So uh, after having proposed eliminating them. So here's his quote. He goes, 75 years after liberating Europe from Nazi German uh, occupation, the United States is again delivering a form of freedom to the European continent. And rather than in the form of young American soldiers, it's in the form of liquefied natural gas. (laughs) I mean, I could host a dinner party and be like, I'm delivering a form of freedom to my guests, except instead of being in the form of soldiers, it's in the form of a roast chicken. What the fuck? <laughs> what is what is anybody talking about? This is so sad. If this this is so, okay, so upsetting. Carbon, carbon dioxide is Jews. <laughs> Wait. Our soldiers in Europe are Our natural, natural gas. <laughs> And who's Hitler? They're all slaying Hitler here. But who's the Hitler? Who is the Hitler? I mean, I guess Hitler, they're saying, is um, environmentalists? Yes. Environmentalists are the ones oppressing carbon dioxide and oppressing natural gas, and they must be stopped. The resistance. The resistance. The resistance. <laughs> okay. I, I think it goes without saying. We don't even need to dwell on it. I'll say it and not dwell on it, that you don't even mention the Holocaust. You don't mention the Jews unless you're talking about the Holocaust The Holocaust and the itself. Jews. I mean, remember when Tom Perkins, that rich guy in Silicon Valley, compared the treatment of the wealthiest 1% of Americans to... Uh, by the left to the Jews under the Nazis a few years yes, ago. Yes, it's happening a lot. It's yes. happening all the time. We just keep those words out of your mouth, people. This is, unless you're talking about the Holocaust. Whenever you hear the word Hitler, when you hear feel the H forming on your tongue, just stop. Just stop. 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 <laughs> people, no. 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 Make it stop. Oh my God. I'm just. Gonna, I'm going to jump out the window. This is so bad. <laughs> Shut it down before Shut you down. do. No. No. Okay, um, remember Duncan Hunter? Uh, Vaguely, he's one of the 
grifters, but there's so grifters, many of them. Yeah, yeah, not Duncan Hines, the cake mix maker, <laughs> Duncan <laughs> Hunter. Um, right, so he's a congressman from the San Diego area in California. Um, he is facing federal charges for using campaign donations as a family slush fund. And when caught on that, he uh, his defense was that he blamed it on his wife. So a real class act. Despite that, while that was that case was uh, going on, he won re-election most recently, despite the Democratic wave. Uh. And um, but he invited even more criticism, um, even while he's being investigated. He was doing a town hall in Ramona, California, um, named after our favorite New York <laughs> <Ramona> housewife. <laughs> yeah, it's Ramona, California. He was with his dad, apparently, and he was advocating a pardon for Edward Gallagher. So this is one of those war criminals that Trump wants to pardon. So oh, yeah. he's a Navy SEAL. He was charged with stabbing to death a teenage ISIS fighter who was already under his care. So it's not like he was fighting him in Iraq. And then he then he uh, held his um, in his reenlistment ceremony. He posed with the body and Duncan Hunter was defending this. And he said, quote, Eddie did one bad thing that I'm guilty of, too taking a picture of the body and saying stupid things. So the problem is that you said something stupid, not that you took this picture, picture of the body. Of the and body? Then it, yeah, Wait. and then he said then he said it wasn't it wasn't as bad because he didn't post it to uh, social media. And Wait. he said a lot of us have done the exact same thing. Wait, so Duncan Hunter and this war criminal Gallagher both took pictures with bodies? Yeah, not the same one. Different different bodies. Is this like a thing that people are doing? This is terrible. Apparently among among horrible war criminals. I think Duncan Hunter's a war criminal. He's a war criminal and a grifter. And a grifter and he shouldn't be allowed to serve and in Congress a, and he shouldn't and he got reelected. This, this is the thing. All of these things are so major and in any other time would be the only thing anybody was talking about. It would be like the tabloid headline grabber for months at a time. And this yes. guy is just like an oddity. He's uh, he's like a little also ran that we joke about on This Week in Nope. And maybe he has a little squib at the bottom of the Reuters, you know, news line. But that's it. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit because we're drowning in news about people comparing the Jews to carbon dioxide. <laughs> and Okay, well, here's another one that in another day and age we would have been going fucking off our rockers about. Elaine Chow, the transportation secretary, we know she's the wife of Mitch McConnell. When she was appointed... She had all kinds of conflicts of interest because she was like this, like board board of directors lackey for all these companies. That's a prerequisite she, for the Trump administration. It's the more right. conflicts of interest, the more qualified <laughs> the you are for your job. Well, she actually said she would quote not participate personally and substantially in any particular matter in which I know that I have a financial interest. Okay, so uh, she said she would resign her position with Vulcan Materials, which is an asphalt company, which of course. Has as dealings is affected by the Department of Transportation, given as they pave roads, and she would receive a cash out settlement. She would sell the stock. She would get her cash. She would resign her position. But to this day, she still maintains her holdings in Vulcan materials. Now, oh, so who is shockingly, in- she never sold, even though she right. But that's a Trump. Was- that's out of the Trump playbook, right? Yep. With those stacks of paper that he was supposed to divest that he never did. So who's investigating this, of course, but the Department of Transportation, which she runs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I and wonder they, what the results are going to be. <laughs> yeah, she said that they said the spokesperson said the department ethics officials have been working to clarify the term cash payout in the agreement. 
and then said the agreement was flawed. What is what could the definition of cash payout? If by cash payout you mean I'm still going to own the stock and not receive any cash? That's that's what it meant. <laughs> and black it's, is white. It's white gone up black. in value. Yeah, she made forty thousand um, dollars, which to her I'm sure is not a lot. And the other thing is, if you dig into this, I'm sure Mitch McConnell is benefiting from this too, and he's violating all of his whatever uh, you know anti conflict of interest rules. Can't we just take all these people down in one go? Can't we oh, just they're, like they're flip opening the, like a wanna... Russian steel mill in the middle of Kentucky, <laughs> funded <laughs> by Oleg oh. Deripaska? We're not even talking about that. Talking it's... About... Oh, I have more Kentucky later. But no, I just want to flip the table. I want to like get little chess pieces with all these people and flip the table and knock them all to the ground and jump on them. I yes. don't know what that metaphor did. Right. I want to I compare them to carbon dioxide. I compare them to natural gas. I'm like Teresa Judice, like <laughs> throwing the table on the Real Housewives of New Jersey. No, no shut them shut all it. down the whole lot. No, no, no. Okay, that was terrible. I need to hear about a conflict that is um, a little more lighthearted. Okay, so um, the most unlikely celebrity fight broke out this week, and it was between um, Moby and Natalie Portman. Two people Moby. who I had never Boy, I haven't heard, heard in I have... a sentence together. Right, in a dog's year, Moby. He was like Moby. from the late 90s. Yeah. yeah, he licenses his music to ads, and he's a vegan He's and he a owns a tea shop. That's all I know. And whatever. And so he, he wrote his second memoir. I think one memoir was plenty, <laughs> but that's memoir. okay. Fine. They Moby. were clamoring for more <laughs> we, after the we, first. We needed bestseller. more information about his life. <laughs> so in it, he describes this romance that he had with Natalie Portman. He says when she was 20 and he was 33 and Natalie was having none of it. She told a magazine, Harper's Bazaar, that her recollection is that it was a much older man being creepy with me when I had just graduated high school. And then she said she found it disturbing that he didn't call her for approval in advance and that he's using this salacious story to sell his books. She shut it down. And so what does Moby do in response? He gaslights her on Instagram. He posted a series of photos of them together with his arm around her as if that's proof that proof, they yes. were in a romantic relationship. The photos I have a photo I have a point. photo with I have a photo of me with my arm around Bill Clinton and boy do I have some stories about you, our relationship. You dated. I have a photo of myself <laughs> with Tom Hanks. We I could tell you wow. we did not date. So the photos illustrate her point exactly. He's a pervy creep and it's just gross and so then the press explodes that he did this you know, horrible thing. And he did this thing where he shames the people who are shaming him by saying, like, I can't believe that this is what you're focusing on. Worrying about little old me. Don't you have something better to do than to He's comment on? He's the one on who's bringing attention to himself. What does he think exactly. we want to read his autobiography or anything about Natalie Portman, who's actually a talented actress? Right. It's a very strange thing for someone who just published their second <laughs> memoir and is spending out who expects us to spend hours reading about his life and is on a book tour which he today announced that he's canceling because I guess he's getting oh, a lot yeah. of questions so if there's anything good that came out of this it is that Moby has canceled his book tour I want to hear about how he ran his vegan tea shop in the in the East Village into the ground now that's a fascinating story oh that's I want to hear more story. about that yeah I want an expose about the untold that. <laughs> unauthorized <laughs> biography of Moby <laughs> by Natalie Portman <laughs> 
No, 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 shut no, it down. Shut this down. No. And yep to Natalie okay. Portman for standing yeah. her ground. <laughs> okay. Any more uh, shallow Instagram? We're really heavy on Instagram. For for people who really despise Instagram, please fo- <laughs> please follow us on Instagram. Um, for people who really despise Instagram, we have a lot of content today about that. But let's no, go. Keep let's, going. Let's let's go. Let's talk about um, incels. Oh, incels! <laughs> I want to talk about incels. <laughs> Let's just move it along. <laughs> okay. We haven't talked about incels in a while. As everybody surely knows, incel stands for involuntary celibates. And these are not so right-wing kooks um, who are, you know, have been responsible for some of the worst domestic shootings. They claim that they are involuntarily celibate. Because they're oppressed. They're victims. And they have this whole world construct where the world is divided into chads and Stacys. And chads are conventionally handsome and successful men. And Stacys are the women who love them. And then the okay. third group are the incels who are being a- oppressed by the chads and Stacys. Okay. This sounds like something out of like Clueless. This is so <laughs> right? confusing. Okay. Chads and Stacys okay. are oppressing and they're the being incels. And they're being a- oppressed by them. So and ironically... You would think that their goal would be to destroy the chads, but they want to become the chads, right? That which we hate, we seek to become. Okay. Um, so they started, so they're very focused on like the physical paradigm of the chad. They started Who? with just surgeries. <laughs> so Who they is started the with, ideal chad? Is there someone that they're like Chad Lowe or like Chad Michael, Chad Michael Murray, Chad <laughs> Rubel? I don't Chad know. Rubel. <laughs> It must be Chad. Hi, Chad. <laughs> Hi, Chad. Um, so, the, yeah, okay. So they started with like quadricep and deltoid implants, and then they moved on to testicular enlargement. I don't, I, I'm getting, sque- I'm about to pass out with squeamishness even thinking what that is. And now the next wave is an obsession with dick maxing techniques. And dick, dick maxing? maxing of- of course, Dick Maxing has two X's in it, um, and there's a particular technique that they have glommed onto, and it is called jelking. That's spelled <laughs> for those of you at home. It is spelled J E L Q I N G, um, and it is literally stretching out your penis. And apparently, the derivation <laughs> of <laughs> the derivation of both the practice and the word comes from an ancient Arabic text. And medically, allegedly what it does is it creates small tears in penile tissues and it forces the growth of new cells to fill in those tears and increase the size of the penis. And Question. of course, <laughs> can yes. I Is this a self-administered procedure? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes, I think it's called tugging on your penis, which it's I called think most people do anyway, which I think they've done, they do their share of. So anyway. it's covered by um, insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Obamacare. See, this is the, this is the uh, falling apart of family values in America. Obamacare covers jelking <laughs> <laughs> treatments. Okay, well, of course, um, you know, uh, what are those called? Urologists say there's no merit to this, um, and and it does seem like it is not working. So there's all this. Of course, this whole world lives on Reddit. There's this subreddit called Incels Without Hate. Um, and there's this one guy who lamented his, quote, pathetically small penis. And he wrote, I did the beginner's program on PEGYM, PEGM, which is a popular penis enlargement forum. I did the, the big beginner's program for five months and then three months of an advanced one, not even 0.1 inch change. 
So I have a few questions. <laughs> if you did the beginner program for five months and it didn't work, why did you proceed to the advanced one? It seems like you hadn't mastered the technique yet. And I think that <laughs> this person is focusing on the wrong problem. <laughs> what is their problem? Like, the fact that they're a morally the depraved, incredibly misguided human being? That they're a gullible moron. Of course they are, these people. And I, I just don't get the whole fr the whole moral framework here, as if a slightly longer penis is going to help them become it's a gonna Chad. It's going to change everything? It's going gonna, it's gonna to turn the Stacys against the Chads? <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a rebellion. It'll be like the <laughs> Russian Revolution. Who cares about Brexit or the, the 2020 election? I'm waiting for the great Stacy uprising. <laughs> Okay, this is terrible. We no. need to shut this down. These incels. Okay, are... no, no, no incels. Chad, Stacy's jelking. No, Find and a better let me tell time. you, I bet insurance is going to cover jelking and penis stretching <laughs> and not birth control soon. I'm. I swear to God, it's it's terrible. Boom. Nope. Shut nope, it down. Shut it down. Okay, speaking of uh, family values, I have one final item here. Um, there is an attraction in Williamstown, Kentucky, and it is a huge replica of Noah's Ark. It is a 510-foot wooden ship, and it's built on bedrock, and it gets 2.2 million visitors a year. There's a lot of these things in Kentucky. I, I, you remember there's this, like... Uh, theme park that's like the anti-evolution theme park and it's one where you can like dig two inches down and find a dinosaur bone because they're really only three thousand years old um god well, put them there to, to trick us yes because because god put them there to trick us i mean they don't deny that there are dinosaurs it's just that they're very recent and we right. just miss them somehow right so <laughs> back to the ark <laughs> the ark there's this huge ark replica in kentucky and there were terrible torrential rains in 2017-18 and it caused a landslide that ruined the road leading up to the Ark and the Ark itself. <laughs> oh, wow, oh, so ir oh, irony, sweet iron. Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? <laughs> Wait, is that the I know that everything in that song isn't an irony, but I think that is an irony. That is. That, the irony that the is that nothing in that song is actually an irony. But anyway. <laughs> right. But this is an irony. Okay. So um, they, of course, tried to <laughs> claim insurance on this. And no, the it's an act of God. <laughs> no, the insurers mostly denied it. And they said uh, it was due to, quote, def design deficiencies and faulty workmanship. <laughs> so they're now accusing Noah or his modern day proxy of building a shitty ark. I have now, no doubt that it was a shitty ark. I have no no doubt. And you know what? They should be celebrating this as like the prophecy come true. This is amazing. Now, well, I want to know what happened to the animals, the two by two animals. I hope they, the animals, they, no animals were they hurt in the destruction slide. of this ark. So the park owners are now suing the insurance company, claiming that they acted with, quote, oppression, fraud, and malice. So they're claiming, like, religious oppression now. They're saying, you know, that they're impinging on their religious freedom to have their ark destroyed in the manner in which God intended it. So they're one step away from comparing themselves to the Jews, <laughs> and the insurance company is the Nazis. It's carbon dioxide. <laughs> no, the rain. Hitler is the, the rain. rain. <laughs> And the Ark is the Jews. As acid rain. And the Ark is the Jews. And they're the righteous. They're the ones who they're like whoever put Anne Frank in the in this in the attic. Um 
No, I think that brings this to an end. No, I think it's a self-evident this, this nope. No, nope. no, so many park. nopes. God, <laughs> oh God, two Set nopes it down. for Noah's Ark. <laughs> okay, wow, this has been a, a remarkably uh, diverse and yet coherent set of topics. We had some really good themes running through this whole week. So much that even though I am in bucolic rural England right now, I am so freaking depressed. What I need are some yups, the things that give us little uh, beacons of hope, little rays of light which i could use in the rain here rachel what do you have for your yup yeah so my yup this week is a podcast um it's not the sydney gaze <laughs> it's called the shrink next door and um it's this podcast on wonder by wondery and it's narrated by joe nocera who's this former times columnist who now writes for bloomberg and my friend Lindsay dm'd me and she was like i think you'll like this podcast it's insane in a super jewish specific way and she was right. It has everything. A Hamptons house with a life-size cow and birds <laughs> hanging from the bathroom ceiling, a family business, a deranged therapist, a 40-year-old throwing himself a bar mitzvah, grand larceny, and nothing is what it seems. So <laughs> everyone listen to This Week in Nope and then The Shrink Next Door. <laughs> Normally I listen to descriptions of other podcasts and I'm like, nah, we're better than that. And then I hear that and I'm like, nah, they're that's better pretty, than that. It's pretty fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very good. My up is uh, once again about me. Um, I appeared in the New York Times this week, not in the way that you appear in Vanity Fair. Um, I was uh, quoted. I was included in a listicle in a slideshow. Brian, uh, mostly... this is a huge achievement. <laughs> a listicle. <laughs> yes. Um, there, was a, there was a piece by Emma Fitzsimmons, and it was like one of these slideshows, and it was about like f bizarre found moments on the New York subway. And some of them were cute, but most of them were abominations. They were like only in New York kind of thing. So like there was a dog in a bag and a guy carrying like an eight foot like wood beam and then someone sitting in an office chair on the platform. And then there was me. And I saw like in February a man with like a tiny harp on the floor next to him. And I just saw it and I thought it'd be cute. I took a picture of it and I just tweeted like man with t a tiny harp or maybe zither um, on the New York subway because New York. I don't know. It was funny, but at the moment, I never thought anyone would even read it. I got like three hearts on it. Then I get this DM from the New York Times saying, hey, we loved your your tweet about the tiny harp. Can we use it in the New York Times? <laughs> and they were holding <laughs> it for months. And I'm, and I'm like, sure, what the fuck? Whatever. Um, and then I had no idea. I mean, it was lost to the sands of time. And then Doug, uh, my partner Doug, was reading the the Times online, and he, I guess he likes these little slideshows, and he he lost his mind. He's like, you're in the New York Times. That's awesome. And, um, <laughs> and I was like number 14 out of 15 in the slideshow. There was like, I was not worthy. I, I was by far the worst entry in that slideshow, but I was honored to even be nominated. So It is an honor to go. be nominated. There you go. Um, I want to say, since it's the end of the podcast, I think we could continue with this, but AJ is home. Okay. Just uh, in. okay. Hello, AJ. Can you say hello? Oh my gosh, you're all wet. He's was coming <laughs> outside. <laughs> Hi. Okay. That's how I do the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> okay, I'll uh, you can put it on mute, Rachel. I'll wrap it up. Thank you, thank you so much for listening, AJ. Thank you for uh, tolerating mommy doing the podcast. Uh, this has been a terrible, terrible week and a wonderful podcast to do. Thank you. If you enjoy this, please rate, review, subscribe, uh, <laughs> and we'll see you next week. This has been this week in Nope, the podcast where we. AJ, say it. The podcast where we shut it down. <laughs> Wanna be my new friend? We got a lot in common.